the longest time, man has feared darkness. Right? You can think back to well beyond our lifetimes, before there was even really candles. One of the first things man did when things got dark, built a fire. Not only perhaps because you wanted to cook your meal over it, but fire gave you at least a, a little cone of light in which you were able to see in the darkness. Then you'd have candles, right? Small little fires that you were able to take with you. Not a, a big thing on the ground, but one a little bit more mobile so that you could take it into the rooms of your homes and, and give yourself, a, albeit smaller, but still a, a bit of light in darkness. We don't like darkness all the time, do we? Perhaps it's because that we get that uncomfortable feeling of not really knowing what, what is out there. Right? If you're in a, a strange house or a strange place or out camping at night, you hear all sorts of sounds, and what you want to do is take your flashlight and, and shine it in the darkness so that you can see what in the world is making those odd noises that you're just not sure about. Perhaps it's why you have a flashlight next to your bed. So that if the power were to go out, or you hear things and suddenly your lights don't work, you'd still have light. Because darkness at times is fearful. Darkness at times is a bit scary. We like having that light so at least we could see what's going on or perhaps where we're going. Can you ever have too much light? Yep. In fact, we even have a, a word for it these days, right? Light pollution? Right? You, you go out at night, and where can you see the most stars? You'd probably have to go out past Harpersville or Sylacauga, right? Because if you get too close to Birmingham, what can't you see as many of? Stars, because there's too much light. Right, the Scripture, and we've talked about this before, right, uses and likes to use that picture of light and darkness. It's that picture of, of sin and God's grace. It's the picture of belief and, and unbelief. It likes using that picture of, of light and darkness because that contrast is, between the two is, is so strong. So it's no small thing then when we heard in our gospel acclamation this morning, Jesus proclaim, I am the light of the world. What was Jesus saying? Jesus recognized that when Adam and Eve sinned, they ushered in an era of darkness into this world. Right? That darkness that scripture talks about. The darkness of sin, that darkness that quickly followed that sin of, of unbelief. And now as Jesus comes into the world, what he is saying is, I am the one who is bringing light to the promises of God. Right throughout history, God has made you promises about how he was going to send a Savior who was going to forgive sin. How he was going to reveal to you God's ultimate plan of how he was going to rescue you from sin and unbelief and take you to be with him in heaven. And Jesus says, in the darkness, you weren't always able to see it clearly, but the light has come. Right? He comes and says, I am the, the light of, of the world so that now you can see God's love clearly 
You can see God's big plan of how he was going to rescue you from your sin. What you're able to see clearly now is your God and how one day he will take you to be with him in heaven. For God to come into this world and say, I am the light of the world in order to reveal to us our Savior and all that our Savior has won for us is a big deal. For then God, for God to say to each of you, you are the light of the world is also a big deal, isn't it? Because as we heard in our children's message this morning, that the picture that God has in mind for each of us is that each of us would become reflectors of God's light. Right? In the same way the Holy Spirit um, comes into our lives and creates a faith in our heart, right? We confess it in the third article of the Apostles' Creed that the Holy Spirit enlightens us with, the, with his gifts. He brings light into a, a heart that was darkened by sin. It enables us to see our Savior. He says, you are now going to be a reflector of that light in the world. You see it in a number of different ways. How you and I are are called to be lights. How you and I reflect the light of our Savior. Right? As we look at how that light, what that light has done for us in our lives, not only has our Savior revealed to us our forgiveness, right? God's plan of salvation, how he's called us to live as his children, but we see how patient God is with us, how he's kind and, and merciful to us, how he's shown us compassion, how he shows us his strength and, and, and by being with us and guiding us each and every day, right? Light in our lives, He says, now reflect that. So, it shows in how we act towards our neighbors, our spouse, our kids. Right? It isn't just sharing our light and going, well, I'm going to tell people about Jesus, but we do that not only with our words, but with with how we speak. Did you see how Jesus describes it too? He says, you are the light. by the very fact that God called us to be children of God, to be his children means this is what you are. You shine. And that's what light does, doesn't it? It shines. It's in its very nature to shine. One of the essential properties of light is, it's, is that it shines. A, a light isn't a light if it's not shining, which means as children of God, being a light in this world isn't something that you and I get to turn on and off. Jesus does say that, warns us against hiding it, though, right? In fact, that's where that children's song, right? Let my gospel light shine, hide it under a bushel, oh no. You guilty of hiding your light? Right, it isn't just in in perhaps our hesitancy to, to talk to people about Jesus. But I hide my light, say, when... I don't use the gifts and abilities God has given me to their fullest, and I'm a bit lazy. I don't let my light shine when I'm interacting with my neighbor and what's going on in my mind are all the different things that he or she does that really bugs me and annoys me, and 
instead of being patient with them, what's on my mind instead is, oh, I can't wait to get out of the conversation. I'm not really letting my light shine, right? When I point out things that perhaps other people have done that annoyed me, I'm not, literally, I'm not letting my light shine when I'm not patient with my spouse or my kids. I'm not letting my light shine when I fail to show love towards my coworkers. You begin to see that finally, anytime we sin, in essence what we do is cover up the light that we have in our hearts as a child of God. It's what our sinful nature likes. Our, our sinful nature doesn't like that light. It doesn't like being exposed to, to the gospel. It doesn't like being exposed to all that our Savior has done. What our sinful nature wants is for us to live in that darkness because then it can do whatever it wants and it doesn't have to feel ashamed or guilty. So for God to come to us and say, you are the light of the world, there is a part of us that recoils at that, isn't there? A part of us that wants nothing to do with the light. Partly because our sinful nature wants nothing to do with what God wants, and partly because that sinful nature convinces us perhaps it's going to be too hard to be a light. Perhaps I'm not going to want to be a light. Perhaps there's going to be situations that then make me uncomfortable if what I have to do is be a light. Instead, I'd rather, much rather live in the darkness. And the last thing I'd want to do is step out into the light, because then what will God see? He'll see everything I've done. He'll see all my failures to live as a light. But we're just lying to ourselves, aren't we? Because what does God already see? Whether it's done in the darkness or brought to light by his word. He sees everything we've done. So perhaps while we may fear of being brought into the light because our, all of our, our sin will be exposed, when we are brought into the light, what do we see? We don't see tattered sins hanging to us. Instead, what we see is a child of God who's been scrubbed clean by the waters of his baptism. When we come into the light of our Savior, what we see isn't a, a sinful human being who seems to have taken every last opportunity to rebel against God. No, when we step into the light of our Savior, what we see is a, a person whose sins have been washed away. A person who's looked, who, whom God has taken and cleaned every last nook and cranny so that sin no longer sticks to us. We see a, a person who is perfect and righteous and perhaps for a moment we're confused because that's not who we are, is it? But we look closer and we see that God isn't looking at our own actions but instead sees us through our Savior. And our Savior has put his perfection, his righteousness on us so that we stand before God 
in the light of his word, clean, perfect, holy, with, with nothing to hide. And he says, now, as, as, as I've done that for you, right, as I've brought you into the light of my gospel, as I've brought you into the light of the Savior who's rescued you from your slavery to sin, as I've shown you kindness and patience and compassion and mercy, what I want you to do is be a light in the world, reflecting all of that now to the people around you. Right, I, I want you to live as a child of God who doesn't let that light get hidden under a bush or who in fear covers it up or hides in the shadows. Instead, as children of God, we are called to be lights. Which begins to then change how we act at work. Right, how we use the gifts and abilities God has given to us it means we, we put forth an honest day's work and, and we, we strive for things at work with, with all of our heart and mind and soul and effort because, well, that's what my Savior did for me in saving me. Right? When, when people get on our nerves and they seem to be pushing all of our buttons and they, their personality might just rub us the wrong way, letting my light shine means I treat them with the same patience and kindness that God has shown me because he was patient in my rebelliousness. He showed great kindness to me. Right? When one sins, someone sins against you, and what you really want most of all is for them to feel the same hurt or the same thing that, that, that they've done to you, as a child of God, how do we reflect the light of our Savior? Showing them the same mercy that our God has shown us? Right, you see, being a light in the world isn't simply just being ready to, to talk to people and, and, and tell them about Jesus and letting your light shine by, by sharing the word. Being a, a light in the world is, is something that covers every aspect of our life. Right? Being a light in the world means that I'm a light at home as I teach my children and as I, I, I do devotions with them. It means it's being a light here at church as I, I offer my time and, and effort and, and time or, or my effort and my abilities to, to serve here at church. Right? It means I, I'm a light at, at work, at, in my neighborhood. It means a, I'm a light wherever I go. And we're a light for a very specific reason. Jesus said at the very end, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Why would you and I seek to reflect God's light here on earth? Not only because it's, it's who we now are as reflectors of the light, but ultimately what we want them to see is our Savior. By reflecting God's light, what we want them to see is in us is a reflection of God himself. Because then we're going to have opportunities to actually talk to people about Jesus. 
people are going to ask, why do you live the way that you do? Why, are you, why can you be so patient? How can you deal with all the difficulties or hardships or sorrows that might, ex- that might go be going on in your life? Why can you do all of those things? And you say, because I have the light of my Savior. A Savior who's not only forgiven my sins, but now lightened for me the path to heaven. And it's something I want you to know about too. So that people together with us can praise our Father in heaven. Now, that isn't to say at times being a light isn't going to invite ridicule. That isn't to say that at times being a light is going to be difficult and hard because the rest of the world is living in darkness. They're going to look at the light as being a little different. But your Savior equips you for that too. He promises to be with you. He promises that even in, as you stumble and fall perhaps into the, to the darkness of sin again, he'll be right there to pick you up, to remind you how he's washed you clean in his blood, and to push you out again into a world to be, his, to be a light. Because that's what you are. As a child of God, you are a light in the world. So let your light shine. Amen. And the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 1015 with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.